Blog Talk Radio. This is Jay Lethal, the undisputed champion of the wrestling world. John Sullivan. It's Bab Zayagbusi. Michael Thompson talking. The phenomenal AJ Styles. Xavier Rose. Charles Johnson. Psycho Killer, Kamasa Champa. This is Matt Blair. Thank you for listening to Sportscast Radio. Sportscast Radio. Welcome to Sportscast Radio. The most anticipated NFL draft in recent memory is about to get underway. Now, you guys ready to get started? Ladies and gentlemen, we are live here. We are less than 24 hours, out, 24 hours or 21 hours away, if you really want to look into it, from, as they said at the beginning, as Rich Eisen said, arguably one of the craziest NFL drafts we have seen in recent memory. We have so many guests on tonight talking Niners, Cowboys. We got a live mock coming at you tonight here. It's going to be a loaded, loaded show. We almost had the Falcons try to jump on and talk their draft a little bit as well here. I'm excited. I, I just, you know, I'm coming in here solo. Luke, uh, my co-host for the last three weeks on this rebrand, uh, restart of sportscast under the weather here. So I told him I'm going to make sure that we deliver the goods as we always do. But I tell you what, you know, you look at a lot of these drafts over the last few years. And there has been uncertainty. There has been, uh, you know, oh, man, you know, what, what's going to happen with this or what's going to happen with that? And this year just feels so much different. It feels so much more open. When you get past picks one and pick two, the Niners at three, which we're going to be talking to Chris Wilson from NinerNoise.com in just a couple of moments, everything changes the game opens up to the point that there's two people that everyone is talking about is going to go, Mac Jones and Trey Lance. There's the dark horse that I think the second-best quarterback in this draft, Justin Fields. And then there's some talk that me and Luke got into, and I was kind of hoping, you know, I had him here tonight so we could kind of get into it a little bit. But you remember last year, Niners made all that, ironically, the Niners made all that noise. Uh, getting the Bears to move up, not last year, but a few years ago, excuse me, uh, to take Trubisky, and they wanted Solomon Thomas anyway. They got draft capital and got their guy. So how much is the smoke scene again? We know that Shanahan is getting the power to make the pick. He said they fell in love now with all five quarterbacks. But at one point, is, is it if you made your trade up to three to get Mac Jones or whoever it was at the time, do you really, did you really need to change it? Or are you trying to jump ahead because you really want Jamar Chase and you're just not letting anyone know? You're, you're, you're keeping it all in a wrapper. You really want a Pinay Sewell and you're, you're not giving up on Jimmy G. Like there's, there's so many questions I can't wait to ask Chris what he feels about this, this pick. But then 
you know, you move on from there with Teddy Bridgewater getting traded from Carolina to Denver today. Now does that mean that Sam Darnold, who's the quarterback in Carolina, they didn't pick up his, his fifth-year option. Usually when people make a trade for the quarterback that they think is going to be their future, they pick up that extra option. They didn't do that. So does that mean they're in line with a trade? Or excuse me, to, to, to take a QB now too? Is Denver bringing in Bridgewater, who's an upgrade on Drew Locke, but still wanting one? To, I, I just, I don't know. I'll have my mock draft 4.0 to close the show. At 11.05, we'll be talking to Lucas Masherin. I hope I didn't butcher that from thelanderhead.com. Talking all things Dallas Cowboys with what they might do. They're going to try to move up to four to take Kyle Pitts. If they're going to stick at 10, they're going to look at Sertan. Uh, just just what they're trying to do, what they're thinking, what, what's going down in Jerry Land. At 10.30, though, we're bringing back our own get to know them own. Nick Hagberg is going to be joining myself. Garrett Ballard, who we had on three weeks ago from WithTheFirstPick.com. And also an uh, old friend of the show, Chris Ransom from Draft Utopia. Usually we have on talking NHL draft, but tonight the four of us are going to round table a quick speed run of the NFL draft. Um, Nick will pick first. I will pick second. Garrett, uh, Chris is going to pick third. Garrett's going to pick fourth. And then so on and so forth. Uh, Nick will pick fifth. I'll pick sixth. Seven, eight, and we'll go all 32 teams. Each person is going to pick for eight teams. And we'll just kind of see what happens. You know, it's going to be, I think, a lot of those – those fantasy football-like fields where, oh, oh, this is my guy at number eight, and somebody's going to snag him before that. And then, oh, man, I didn't get him, and I was hoping I could do, you know. So I think it's going to have a lot of that fun type of atmosphere behind it. Um, So we'll see how that turns out here. Um, We're going to just get this this all set up here, just uh, reaching out to Chris, making sure we got him coming on the line here because we don't have any time to waste here tonight. But obviously, talking San Francisco Niners, there's two major, major components of the draft. And it falls down to the two players that it sounds like it's going to be, as it sounds like one of, the, one of these quarterbacks is, is out of it. But I want to know, what are we thinking, guys? How is this going to go? Would you be surprised if Justin Fields got drafted before Mac Jones? We've seen Mac Jones now get inserted in this conversation. How he sees the game, how he processes things, could fit in with a Kyle Shanahan offense. Justin Fields, since he was in high school, has been the number one guy. Now it's like, wait a second, Mac Jones is the guy. We go back and forth on it. I don't know how you don't want Justin Fields. You know what, Colleen? I love Justin Fields, what he's able to do. Yes, Justin Fields goes to San Fran. You have to be able to throw in that pocket and be able to protect people. And so I think Justin Fields has that ability. I know a lot of people who are plugged in and everything we keep coming back to is Mac Jones is going to be the number three pick. Might not like it, you might not love it, but it's, it's coming. I, You know, I think that clip has a sentiment to what a lot of people have been thinking. You know, when, when the rumors came out that they moved up to three to take a quarterback and everything came out, it was Mac Jones. A lot of people have all come around to say, you know, well, is, uh, you know, why do you, what do you, what are you taking Andy Dalton with DUIs for? Um, you know, what, what are you, what are you, what are you thinking? You know, you could have done something. You probably could have got him without even having to move up. And that's where a lot of the uncertainty comes into play. Did you really need to jump Atlanta and Cincinnati? You know, are, are you, that's, that's where, like I said, I, I don't know if that means that something else could be in play. 
Uh, Chris just Chris just messaged me. It looks like he's gonna be calling in just a moment here. We'll grab this right now. Chris, you with us? Yep, I'm here. How's hey, guys? how are we doing, sir? Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself for all of our listeners? Oh, my name's Chris Wilson. I'm your dreading tomorrow 49ers guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am not looking forward to it. I don't think any Niners fan is. So I host the uh, Niner Noise podcast for Minute Media Podcast Network. Uh, I write for Niner Noise, fan side, 49ers web zone, inside the 49. Anybody will take me. Um, I, I, you know, lifelong Niners fan and, and, like I said, scared for tomorrow. You know, and, and it's one of those things where it's almost like a good, bad scared, I think, because I'm sure there's something you want. I'm sure there's something you don't want. And I'm sure there's those things where you just don't have a have a – correct feeling about how it's going to go. And that's where I, I you know, I'm going to, I got rapid fire. Like, like I said, uh, I, at the top of the hour, my co-host is, is got a 103 degree fever. He is not going to make it. And I said, I'm just going to take the ball and run with it because I'm so excited for tomorrow. This is, this is the most excited for a draft I've been in years. Honest to God with the uncertainty really? after number two. Right, if you look at this after number two, you could make 30 mock drafts and every one of them could be wrong. Yeah, I mean, because, it's, it's I mean, and no, no, for an iPhone has any idea what they're going to do. <laughs> so, all these different thoughts have come into my head, and and I want to just start rifling off at you. Obviously, the the number one talk is they're trading up to get a quarterback. The word comes out it's Mac Jones. What's your take on Mac Jones as the quarterback of the Niners for the future? I think it's absurd. <laughs> and trading up I mean we gave him a lot to move up there and he would have been there in our original spot I mean it makes it, it would make absolutely no sense it would it would I don't know it would probably destroy half the fan base because they would no longer trust these guys and you know we're stuck with Shanahan and Lynch for a long time so I mean yeah, I think it was last week or early this week that Shanahan uh, had a press conference and he was telling uh, the media there that people were coming up to him on the street and like, like heckling him and, you know, telling him what to, who to draft and who not, basically who not to draft. And, you know, just all over Twitter, it's just like, I'm just not, not even going to watch this team if we go with Matt. And <laughs> it's, I mean, you know, it's, it's just the kind of thing that doesn't make it, I mean, it's just making sense, but the four Niners and, you know, Shanahan and Lynch, whoever's in charge, the draft. I think it's a little bit more, more Shanahan than it is Lynch, at least at the quarterback position. But they've been known to move up much, much, much farther than they need to when some of them need to move up at all. But I mean, in this situation, maybe you need to move up a couple of spots. I don't know. Or maybe if you didn't hype him up so much, maybe he fall into the end of the first round. So yeah. he's, just, he's a guy with a. I'm just. I'm not excited about him in any capacity. He just doesn't have the upside, doesn't have a lot of experience. And the fact that he's NFL ready, apparently, even though he's played like one season, well, actually, actually he held a lot of kicks, but at quarterback, <laughs> you know, he, played, he played bases way like one season. And I, I don't understand how this guy can be um, NFL ready and the cerebral, but he's getting DUIs and this. I, I mean, it's just, I don't know, he's a big fat guy. And it just doesn't make any sense. Like, I don't know. It is, it is extremely frustrating. 
I think you nailed that right when you said that if they didn't get them all hyped up, it might not be there. You know, Matt Jones was never a thought for a lot of people. And, you know, not, I'll, not, I'll, not I'll give either. That. You know, to be fair, when, when Tua went down the, the two years ago to Alabama, he didn't play bad. And I think yeah. a lot of people are more focusing on why you shouldn't draft him than why you should draft him. And I do as much as I think out of the five, he's the worst one. I do think that's a fair assessment um, that people are trying to find ways to crap on him rather than to even remotely find a good quality out of him. Oh, I mean, I'm not looking for ways to crap on him. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming very naturally. And, you know, the thing, it, I mean, some, some of it is his fault. I mean, when you look like that, it's your fault. I mean, apparently he goes to the gym, but it should not look like it. And, yeah, somebody said, he, it's, why would but, you draft Andy Dalton with DUIs when you could have just signed him? <laughs> yeah, I, I think I saw, I saw that. That's a pretty good cop for his ceiling. <laughs> yeah, if, if I'm drafting him, I'm thinking hopefully he will become Andy Dalton. And, you know. Andy Dalton is the Dalton line, so that's not really the kind of guy you want to <laughs> throw play three first-rounders and another third-rounder out. I mean, it's just insane. I, so, I just keep thinking, there's no way that they're stupid enough to do this. Like, somebody must tell them, just do not do this. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, Shanahan's arrogant enough to do anything, so he's, he's a little wild card, that's for sure. Now, a lot of people think if it's not Mac Jones, it's Trey Lance. Um, we all saw, you know, Carson Wentz, North Dakota – Came out, you know, I'm based in Minnesota, so I hear a lot about these NDSU guys or ND State guys, and it's just I'm like whatever on a lot of them. I still think Justin Fields is the no-brainer, and I almost would argue Justin Fields over Zach Wilson. Who do you want at three out of the quarterbacks? Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I would take him over Zach Wilson as well. It's odd how he is sort of falling off the map. It was pretty much the number two for majority of the offseason. And now people are talking about him you know, falling to the second half of the first round. It doesn't make any sense. Ridiculous. I don't know. And, and especially after he uh, excelled at his uh, pro day. So it doesn't – I don't know what the problem is. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's the FLC thing, but is that really that big of a deal? I mean, I that, that's actually not a question. I don't, know. I don't know if it is or not. Well, uh, and they, a lot of people said he's going to outgrow it, no problem. And, and you know, you, you mentioned it, too, how he was before. I mean, you look back 2019 when people were doing their two-year-ahead mock drafts like Walter Football and, you know, known publications like that. Everybody had Lawrence and Fields one and two. Like, those were going to be the go-to guys. And then it's just – it's always these these small – and I don't want to say BYU is a small school, but, you know, Zach Wilson, like Rich Eisen was talking on, on um, NFL Network. I don't think a New York Jet fan has watched a BYU game ever. You know, but that's <laughs> going to be their quarterback. You know, Mac Jones kind of just sneaking out of nowhere here because the Niners and, – and that makes me wonder, maybe the Niners are making noise. You know, is, is it a smoke show? Do you think it's not Mac Jones? Praying for it every night. <laughs> please, please, let us see. It's not show, but, but – if it is, I don't understand what, what's the purpose. Because we already know who's going one. We know who's going two. If we're going to stick at three, uh, I don't know. I mean, are they trying to trade back a spot or two? Or I mean, I, I just, I, it doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know. What, what would be the purpose for them? I mean, they just come out and say it right now if they want to. And there's really nothing that's going to change. They're still going to get their eye. I mean, 
the fact that they no, even trade up there sick. in the first place is just is just crazy to me because like, you need to basically. And they've said they said as much that oh you know we we could take all five of these guys. And I'm like, well that's just crazy, <laughs> especially <laughs> the fact that I mean how many of those guys are going to be you know, starters for the for the the team that drafted in a couple of years? Maybe two. I mean you're just as likely to miss it as you are to to hit and. Um, and you're just going to trade up there and be like, all right, we just like all these guys. Like, that's not the way it works at the draft. And you would assume that these <laughs> guys in our front also know that. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we, we have drafted very, very poorly over well, and don't get the me last, wrong, uh, four years. The Niners were six before this, right? I always forget that Dolphins, Eagles, Niners, crazy, conglobulate trade. They were, they were sitting in the six hole, right? No, no, they're later. You're right. It's been so long. I don't remember. Um, like 12 or something like that. Yeah, okay, so they, they were 12. They were the the Eagles must have been – maybe the Eagles were six is what I was thinking. But even if you look at this, why move up to 3-1, you know, since he's not taking a quarterback, you know, it, it's Miami's not taking a quarterback. You know, Dallas isn't taking a quarterback. The Giants aren't taking – like, you didn't have to move up to three – to get Mac Jones, which is your 100% testament on this. And here's where I want to flip it on you. And, you know, I, I, I kind of tie this back to the, we're going to take Trubisky. So the Bears gave up, gave up to, to get up there. And they went, ha, <laughs> we wanted Solomon Thomas anyway. You guys are idiots. No, well, I guess they're going to take their own Trubisky <laughs> if they take Mac Jones. But is this a smokescreen? Are they, is there a shot that San Fran goes for Panay Sewell or Jamar Chase? Or even a Kyle Pitts? Is this just a smoke show? I mean, Pitts would be an. Uh, this is uh, the thing is, I have problems with all these quarterbacks. I mean, none of these guys are locks. I mm-hmm. mean, you're picking the third quarterback coming out in the draft. That's not good at all. I mean, there's only one I mean, probable even, lock anyway. I mean, Lawrence. Yeah, yeah. It should be fair. Yeah. I mean, is there ever really been a, a lock? I mean, no. Yeah, I guess Peyton Manning was the last time. I mean, yeah, you know, I was say, yeah. Peyton, Peyton Manning, good call. That's probably the, like, the most yeah. obvious. And even they almost goofed it with Ryan Leaf. Yeah, and then, <laughs> you know, luck, luck was like, you know, Peyton Manning 2.0. But then, I mean, it, he was good, but it just didn't last very long. Mm-hmm. So yeah, unfortunately, so, I mean, was, control that. Yeah, I, mean, I, I feel like that's still a hit, but it's, he's not on the team anymore. So mm-hmm. that's not what they were expecting, that's for sure. Um, yeah, it's, it's, you would figure that our front office, I mean, we have an analytics team, we had an analytics team like 15 years ago. You'd think that we <laughs> would be able to tell the front office, like what the percentages of hitting on quarterbacks and hitting on a number, like the third quarterback in a draft. I was going to go, you know, actually through it and, and, uh, and take a look at <laughs> who those players are, but I just knew it was going to trust me so much so I didn't. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just it's at this point, but I guess you know the one thing that's good though is that if they just don't take him, it doesn't even matter who they take. Like anybody, I think the 49ers fan base would be aware of it. So, <laughs> it could definitely be <laughs> definitely just you guys grab screen, Elijah there and Tucker, and everyone's like, "Thank God, yeah." <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, it's just like some random guy we never. I mean, historically, like, we always do that, but it's like when we drafted the uh, Alden Smith, we're like, "Who?" <laughs> and, um, yeah. We've had a uh, long story his history of picking just random guys that you would not expect us to pick, and Shanahan and Lynch are you know, the only guy that you know was a real lock for us lock. to take was 
Bosa. That's about it. Everyone else yeah. has been a big surprise. So I expect or hope to be very surprised tomorrow because it's, I mean, I, I would lose all faith in this regime and this would be the end, the beginning of the end of Lynch and Shanahan, San Francisco. Well, and so, so what kind of odds do you, do you relate to that? Like what kind of odds do you think could, could, it could be they jumped ahead because they knew they had no chance to get a Jamar chase. I mean, Brandon Ayuk's fine. Mohamed Sanu's fine. Debo Samuel's fine. But, you know, Ayuk's still trying to figure it out. The other guys aren't – they're not going to be game breakers. Obviously, Kittle's the centerpiece. But if you added another weapon, I – you know, I, I don't – honestly, and maybe I'm just – maybe this is just me being crazy – but I know everyone blames, you know, Garoppolo missed that pass and it cost him the Super Bowl. But Garoppolo got uh, you to a Super Bowl, too. Also, I totally disagree with that, that statement that everybody always brings up because you know, I was at that game and very sad afterwards. And I saw how much time was on the clock. If you would have hit Sanders on that pass and, you know, that was like, what? The ball is in the air for like 60 yards, something like that, while he's getting hit. Like, sorry, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. He missed him by a little bit. He made sure the ball wasn't going to get intercepted. So, overall, I mean, and you know, still a hell of a pass. Plays. I mean, I mean, why are we calling that play in the first place? That's uh, not a, a very smart play for us to be calling. I mean, we need to get a first down. We don't need to score a touchdown and get the ball right back to Mahomes with the way the refs were treating him and our defensive linemen. I mean, he was driven right down the field and they would have won the game. And I'm 100% sure of that. So, everyone like, blames it on Jimmy. And that's just not. You know, a lot of Niners fans don't like him, and they're done with him, but I don't love him, but I value him for what he is, and he's the only quarterback that leads the Niners to victory under Shanahan, period. So and, I don't know why Shanahan hates him so much. I think that's that's the key point that really intrigues me is, you know, I, I understand with, with Kittle you don't necessarily need Kyle Pitts, but he is such a freak that there's so many things you could do with him. And, you know, depending what happens with, with the Bengals, if, if they give Burrow his wish and give him Jamar Chase. And, you know, I know you got Trent Williams, so I don't, I don't necessarily know if Penny Sewell is the best answer, but it never hurts to get a guy like that. But, you know, it's, yeah. we deal with that a lot in Minnesota here. Like, I, people hate Kirk Cousins for whatever reason. And, and I, I hate yeah. to break it to fans, but it's like this guy's top ten in numerous categories, but – He's playing recess football where he has to count 1B, 2B, 3B and throw the ball because our offensive line is good as a Division II school. You know, when I got Dakota Dozier protecting his blind side, good God almighty, I'm screwed. You know, so, sorry <laughs> yeah. for fans that don't I, understand I, that it takes more to protect the quarterback. And I just I feel like it's a lot of unsolicited hate on Garoppolo that maybe it's a smokescreen and they're going to get him a weapon to replace Sanders. You know, maybe they get him Jamar Chase. I Maybe that's why you jump like, up. Yeah. I, I feel like if I was going to do that, I would just move up a couple of spots. I, I don't think that they really would look wide. I mean, I, they're definitely going to look wide receiver. I would say probably two and three. Those are the rounds mm-hmm. I'd probably be more focused on. Uh, I'd be pretty surprised if they pick a wide receiver moving up like that. And, I mean, that would be a, that would be like a huge monster smoke stream because nobody expecting that. And that, I mean, that would also make absolutely no sense. Like, why would you, you know, you don't trade away your next, you know, this draft and the next two drafts. So, I mean, actually they did a fairly good job of pushing everything to next year to hopefully do something this year, but yeah, they've said, and 
not, I believe that they they still have pretty much all the players that they had two years ago when we were in the Super Bowl and were leading the Super Bowl and should have won the Super Bowl. So, I mean, last year was just a horrible year for us injury-wise. I think it was the second most amount of injury or uh, football outsiders said it was the second most um, injured players per game or something like that, it, you know, whatever their, whatever their metric is. I guess, um, yeah, I can't remember what it's called. Anyway, <laughs> the second most injured team in the last 20 years. So, you know, and, and until just in the same time, we were sort of in the playoff hunt. <laughs> I mean, looking horrible, <laughs> with a horrible backup quarterback and just sort of switching between them and then sometimes throwing Garoppolo in there when he should, can't even stand up. I mean, he's like throwing up his front foot and it's just like, come on, Shan. Like you should be able to tell that he should not be in this game. Like, are you really shocked when he throws two picks in the game? And it's just, yeah, I don't know. It's, I just think he's been really mismanaged and I think it's, you know, I'm, I'm in the DC area. So, you know, I know all about cousins and all about Shanahan and his time here and, and, mm-hmm. you know, the love and the hate. And that's the one thing that the fans around here were m- most upset at Shanahan for. Well, I guess beyond getting the job because his dad was the coach. But <laughs> and he's scary. <laughs> I mean, that's something that people don't really like that much. But, but yeah, also, obviously, he's a very good offensive mind. But he's, I'd say, horrible, <laughs> if not really, really bad at assessing quarterback talent. Um, you know, we moved up for C.J. Beathard, and yeah. he said that he was well. He said he was fully and actually expected to lose out on Kittle, just so we could move up for C.J. Beathard, which we could have moved back for C.J. Beathard. Like nobody wants C.J. Beathard. He's not even uh, on the roster. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Yeah, he's, I, well, I mean, yeah. So, <laughs> so the last podcast was a uh, podcast host. Uh, I mean. Yeah, he's on the roster now, but he should have been off the roster two years ago. Like, you could tell right off the bat this guy is not NFL quarterback material. I have no idea why. Is he like practice squad? Is... Because um, nothing about them crazy. You got Garoppolo, you got Nick Mullins, you got you got the chosen Josh Rosen, who everyone thought was going to be tight. Josh Johnson <laughs> sitting there. You got Nate Sunfeld. Where the hell is Bethard? Um, yeah, Bethard signed with. Yeah, he's gone. Yeah, he's yeah, not even he's here. Jack- he, gets, he gets the Kirk Cousins. You like that? You oh, like yeah. the Cousins. You know, we'll talk about DC. <laughs> the Cousins, you know? I mean, it's, you oh, know. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's no there's no way that we would have re-signed him. I mean, there, there's no reason for him to have been on the roster in the last two years. I mean, he's just – I mean, he played a little bit better last year, but he played against prevent defense all, the whole time. So, of course, his stats look good. But if you just watch him play, he just he just doesn't process the game. He just and four years later, and he's he's won two games, three games in his entire <laughs> NFL career. And, and he started like half the games two of the seasons. I mean, it's it's just he just doesn't win. He's he's like the anti Garoppolo. And I mean, obviously he's an athlete. Uh, I don't know if you saw his like crazy seventy yard touchdown run in a preseason game. The year that we got him, we're like, oh wow, this is this guy's gonna make a pretty good backup for us. And then we saw him throw the ball, and then that was over. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Another thing we were thinking about is Jacksonville's quarterback room. That is an ugly yeah. quarterback room. Yeah, it's, it's gonna, I mean, your I mean, rookie's you got, you gonna got come in. 
swing in there. Oh, yeah, I was talking about it from a physical standpoint. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah, we got out. We got, we got the, the dude from. Uh, we got Mustachio. Yeah, Gardner Minshew. That's right. Yeah, and then we have Trevor Lawrence. I mean, who's not yeah. the best looking guy? Trevor Lawrence. I'm like, yeah, he's he's like a statue. He's like that. I feel like when you look at Trevor Lawrence, he's that that like prototypical like quarterback aficionado coach's wet dream where he's he's like just rugged but he's not handsome enough <laughs> but he's still like <laughs> you know god bless him you know Vince McMahon's all over him because he has muscles like he's Brock Lesnar's god damn kid you know doing that <laughs> stuff um I want to ask you here real quick here before we get rocking and rolling here um you know you mentioned the wide receiver talk later in the rounds I mean is that something second third round you're trying to grab you know, something if they slip like a Kadarius Tony, Elijah Moore, Rashad Bateman, you know, something like that. Yeah, but actually, those are uh, two, you just named two of the guys that I was hoping would fall. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> I, I think there's like, I would be surprised if they don't pick up a guy on day two. I'd be surprised if they pick up a day one. But, you know, who knows? We just love trading away our draft picks. I think we traded every one of our draft picks last year. Jeez. And we ended up with like two graphics on and I think both players would have been there when, when we would, would have been originally drafting <laughs> in the first place. I, I mean it, it's welcome to the life of yeah. right. somehow we made, we made a Super Bowl a couple years ago. Who knows? But, um, it makes yeah, you feel yeah. any better. Uh, the Vikings traded a second round pick for Yannick Ngakwe and then three weeks later traded Yannick Ngakwe for a third round pick. So we traded a second <laughs> for a third round two weeks later. I said yeah, what the yeah, hell is going yeah. on here? Thanks Spielberg. You guys aren't very good uh Day traders, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it, it blew my mind because usually Spielman's pretty good on draft day, but I said, "What the hell are you thinking here?" But anyway, that's just going to get me mad. Um, last question I got for you before we wrap this up, Chris. And once again, I want to thank you so much for jumping on here. Uh, we I, I, I love chatting time. with you guys over at Niner Noise. We we used to talk to Doug Tottenham a while, uh, Peter Panacee, you know, and then now we got you on here. Yeah. So you guys have always brought great content to our show over the the, the multitude of years. But I got to ask you one word answer. The number three pick next tomorrow night, who is it going to be? Trey Lance. Oh, let's do it. That's better. That's better than what I think most people would have thought you would have said. Here, hit the buzzer. (laughs) Chris, plug (laughs) everything you got for me, my friend, before we let you rock out of here. Plug away. Uh, I'm, I'm not much of a plugger. <laughs> you, not you much of a plugger. That's Twitter. okay. <laughs> we, yeah, we, just, we, just look, look up uh, Chris Wilson 49ers. Or it's CJ Wilson on Twitter, and um, you'll find me in all my rants and um, my love-hate relationship with Shanahan. I don't think he knows about <laughs> it, but it's a very serious relationship to me. <laughs> Well, hit, hit him up, guys. Chris, thanks again for jumping in and helping out tonight. It was a pleasure having you. I had to start this draft show with the Niners because there's so much uncertainty. Um, and we'll, we'll talk again here. I'm going to reach out to you again when we start getting to our team preview. So thank you so much for coming out again, man. Oh, yeah. yeah anytime. Just, just pray for us tonight, please. <laughs> I will. I got your back, bro. <laughs> like, like, religion's not even necessary. Just do it. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. I'm, throw, I'm throwing it up now, just like my boy Kento Miyahara in All Japan Pro Wrestling. I'm hitting it up for you. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Chris Wilson coming in from Niner Noise. And with that being said, we are unleashing 
the phone lines. I'm going to take a quick roll call here according to the way that this draft is going to go. First off, Nick Hagberg, Mr. Get to Know Him. Are you with us, sir? Yeah, I'm here. Good to uh, Hagberg be back. All right, coming in. I got the number two spot. Coming in at number three, Chris, are you with us? Yes, I'm right here. All right, Chris Ransom for Drafty Topia. Usually he's here talking hockey, but damn it, we wanted to do a nice speed round mock draft, and I thought the man with the draft knowledge was the best way to make it rock. And with that being said, coming in to number four pick, and so on and so forth, Garrett Ballard, are you with us, sir? I am. How y'all doing? Oh, we're doing fantastic here tonight. What's up, Coco? We got a mock draft that we are doing live. We're going to kind of try to knock this out. My goal is a half an hour voice. So we'll see if we can do all this. Right. I know we all we all love the ranting and the raving. People have asked about this. We had to call an audible in the show tonight. I got a hold of Garrett, got a hold of Chris, got a hold of Nick. We put this all together for you guys. We are going to do a 32-pick first-round mock draft. As I stated, Nick Hagberg will pick number one. I will pick two. Chris Ransom comes in at three. Garrett Ballard at number four. And then we just keep the rotation going. Nick in at five. I'm at six. So on and so forth. We will all be giving you eight picks to make all 32 in the first round. I'm going to record this draft here. Write this down. I'll release it on Twitter. You guys can can observe it, share it, analyze it, talk about it, do whatever the hell you want to do with it. I don't care. With that being said, Nick Hagberg, you have the most obvious thing in the world to do. Who is Jacksonville taking at number one? Yeah, true. Uh, assuming there's no major scandal that happens in the next 24 hours. Trevor uh, Lawrence. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence going number one. Obviously, as a lot of us have heard, Philadelphia tried to trade up to number three to see if they could take Zach Wilson. The GM of the Eagles is, is homies with the guy from the Eagles or from the Jets and the Eagles that won't be there. So we got to take him at number two, Zach Wilson, QB, BYU. Chris, number three, the San Francisco 49ers. So we just got them talking to the most uncertain team in the draft. Yeah, and I'm going to make a – I'm going to make – it's going to be a quarterback, but it's not going to be Mac Jones. It's going to be one of the other two quarterbacks. I like Fields the best of the three personally, but I don't think the Niners are taking him. So we're going to select Trey Lance, North Dakota State, here to make this mock as – Realistic as possible. All right. Trey Lance at three. Puts the Falcons in your lap, Garrett. What you got? Yeah, sticking with realism. Apparently, the Falcons owner wants to stick with Matt Ryan, so I'm going to go ahead and pick Kyle Pitts with this pick. Nice, nice. Nick, you're on the clock with the Bengals. Yeah, with uh, with Cincinnati's pick, um, Jill Burrell is going to reunite with his former teammate in Jamar Chase, wide receiver from LSU. <laughs> Jamar Chase, I have been my mock draft, but I have been fearmongering and advocating like hell for the Bengals to draft too well. <laughs> it's it's one of those things. Like literally after number two, you could make thirty mock drafts. I just said to uh, Chris Wilson from Niner Noise, and you could be wrong on all of them. Like this draft is just so. Bat shit crazy. I have no good answer for a lot of these. And look, Jamar how I had the most accurate seven round mock draft a year ago. And this mock this draft's a lot harder in my opinion. This draft you know, is a lot harder. 
I, I still think there's a crazy chance that it's all smokescreen and the Niners don't take a quarterback. <laughs> Call me crazy, but why else do you trade ahead of Cincy in Atlanta when you – yeah, I'm just saying. But anyway, I digress. I'm going to get back into it because now I'm taking this up to, off topic. Uh, at the number six pick, I know it is not 100% needed, but the fact that you have this guy now waiting in your lap, you almost have to do it. I am going to take Penny Sewell to protect Tua Tagovailoa for the next 10 years on the Dolphins. Chris, you are up with the Lions. I'm going to make the first surprise pick of our uh, mock, and I'm going to give the Lions a defensive player. I'm going to go Micah Parsons, Penn State, because they lost both um, Reggie Ragland and Gerard Davis in free agency. So I'm going to take Micah Parsons here because they have four offensive tackles in the depth chart. This is the deepest receiver class I've scouted. I think there are as many as 30 different receivers that could be future starters. And I think you could get two receivers on day two, Got two guys like maybe Terrace Marshall and Nico Collins in day two. So I'm going to take Micah Parsons because it's the weakest, it's much weaker linebacker group than it is a receiver group. All right. And at number eight, what you got, Garrett? Yeah, the uh, the Panthers are pretty heartbroken that the Dolphins opted to go BPA with Penny Sewell and not draft a receiver here. Uh, See, I told you we get to play fantasy spoiler with each other, man. They have not they have not had a solid t- offensive tackle rotation. They've had probably one good one every year, but that other one has always been a, a turnstile. They need a solid guy, so I'm gonna have them picking Rayshon Slater with this pick. Oh, Rayshon Slater, I like it. Um, Followed into Denver at number nine, Nick. Where are you going? Yeah, I was thinking um, Chris stole my pick there with Parsons because um, there's, there's been a lot of talk with Denver <laughs> trading out of their, um, their number nine pick. And I think Parsons, obviously, is one of the most versatile players in the draft, at least on the defensive side of the ball. Um, but with that in mind, I, I think Denver will go with – obviously a desperate need they have right now and um to take quarterback field from ohio state hey you know it's like me and, me and garrett talked about too justin fields i just i don't understand the hate why so many people are just slotting him down there he he could be the second best quarterback in the draft i'm just saying but i digress i get to make a pick here with the dallas cowboys this is probably the most easy pick for me aside from Tre- uh, trevor lawrence and that's Patrick Sertan, the second Alabama cornerback. I, I feel like Dallas is gonna, has wanted him since day one, and if they can't move up to get Pitts, they're taking Sertan. What you got with the New York Giants, Chris? Well, I'm going to take my number one receiver, and that is Devonta Smith, wide receiver, Alabama. He's my best draft, and I, I'm going to take him to go to the Giants here. All right. Uh, closing out at number 12, Garrett, the Eagles. Yeah. Um, Howie Roseman, I don't think, is a great drafter, um, especially <laughs> in recent years. But there are a lot of good players on the board here. I really don't think they could mess this pick up. Obviously, wide receiver and cornerback are two big needs. But with the depth of this wide receiver class, I'm going to opt to give them J.C. Horn here. Nice. Yeah, two two studs sitting there. Like that that to me, like Garrett, what do you, what do you think? Is that like the best possible situation for Philly that Waddle and Horn fall to them and they get a oh. choice at twelve? <laughs> yeah, most definitely. If they're choosing between Jalen Waddle and J C Horn, they they found themselves in a very very lucky situation. 
<laughs> Coming back around the corner, Hagberg, you have the Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah, again, I think when you look at the Chargers, you kind of look at their, their wide receiver group right now. You have Keenan Allen. Um, you have Mike Williams, who have both struggled with injuries over the course of their careers. Um, so I think that in this situation, I mean, they have a lot of needs, obviously. But I think in this spot, they'll take um, the best available offensive player in, uh, available right now in uh, Jalen Waddle. Ooh, I have not seen a Jalen Waddle at 13 mock. I hope you get that right because that'd, <laughs> that'd be nice out of, out of, the, out of nowhere yeah. you slide in with that one. Yeah, um, kind of a bold bold pick, but, um, you know, I, I think that um, obviously, you know, it's a, it, well, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a quarterback-driven league now, and they finally look – it looks like they, they found one um, in last year's draft. So, um, you know, we'll see. But it's kind of a bold pick. I do agree with that. Hey, Joe, but I'll take it, though. I, you know, the, the fact of seeing something new in a mock after all the mocking that all of us have probably done researching over the last couple of weeks of this insane draft, uh, I like something different like that, so bring it on, man. Uh, you have now put me in a spot at 14, which I didn't even realize I was going to get to pick for my Vikings. Um, I had Elijah Vera Tucker. I know when I talked to Garrett, it was a little bit high, but I just, I'm, I'm in love with the guy. I just, I feel like he's going to be, I feel he's going to be that good. But the fact that Christian Derrissaw is still sitting there at 14, I'm taking Derrissaw, offensive tackle, Virginia Tech. I'm going to tee up Chris Ransom for what I'm assuming is going to come at pick 15, sir. I'm not going to take Mac Jones at 15. Oh! I yes. Yes. <laughs> I'd rather... I'm gonna go with um, I'm gonna go with um, Zayvon Collins out of Tulsa here. I'm gonna take another linebacker. Hey, let's go! I like it. He just he just came out of nowhere. Hit him with that Chris Tucker. Damn! Let's go! That's that's all, this box trap is tight. Let's go! I'm excited for that one. Uh, Garrett, you're coming at coming at the bend here. First I'd rather trade something for Garoppolo than take Mac Jones. <laughs> Where are we looking with the Arizona Cardinals? Yeah, so um, I have a buddy of mine who works at a restaurant. He texted me and said, a Cardinals coach just came into my place. He told me that if one of their top three corners is sitting on the board at 16, they are going to take him. Now, doing the math, there have only been two cornerbacks taken. So you're kind of left wondering which one is that next corner on their board. Um, in light of recent discoveries of injury history and how bad these injuries are, uh, I'm going to opt to go with Greg Newsom, the corner from Northwestern. Okay. I, I wasn't sure if you were going to go uh, Farley or Newsom, but I'll take that. I, as, as a I Cardinals like Farley's fan. tape better, but I think the NFL is going to really – dock him for those injuries and take him lower. Who who's gonna have worse injuries, him or Landon Dickerson? Oh man. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> They've both been getting injured their entire career. That is a tough question to answer. <laughs> we we had a, a gentleman on last week and 
He was talking about the only way Landon Dickerson goes in the first round is if he can physically crawl his injured body across the finish line in there. <laughs> I can't remember who said it. I apologize, but I was dying. Um, so first half draft is over. Quick recap. Trevor Lawrence going to the, to the Jags at one. Zach Wilson, quarterback BYU, going to the Jets. Trey Lance, three to the Niners. Setting Kyle Pitts to the Falcons. Jamar Chase at five to the Bengals. Penny Sula to the Dolphins at six. Micah Parsons, the Penn State linebacker, seven to the Lions. Rashawn Slater, the tackle from Northwestern, eight to the Panthers. Justin Fields at nine to Denver. Cowboys getting Patrick Sertan, the second from Alabama. Devonta Smith, current Heisman winner, going to the Giants at 11. J.C. Horn at 12 to the Eagles. Jalen Waddle, 13 to the Chargers. Vikings getting, hopefully, the man to protect Kirk Cousins. Christian Derisoff from Virginia Tech. Zayvon Collins out of Tulsa, the linebacker going to the Patriots. And Northwestern cornerback Greg Newsom, number two to the Cardinals, which brings us to the start of the second half. Nick Hagberg, Mr. Get-to-know-him himself. You are on the clock with the Raiders. Yeah, I mean, the well... The thing is, mocking the Raiders is impossible because you never know what the hell they're going to do. Um, but especially with uh, here in sports, yeah, especially with uh, John Gruden there now. Um, but I think, you know, I think I, I think John Gruden in general, um, he's kind of a big school type of guy. He's, I, I feel like he he's the type that's going to take, you know, the best available player on the board and. You know, and obviously on the defensive side of the ball, they uh, <laughs> they need help. I think that's an understatement. Um, so I think they're going to take uh, Christian Barrymore, the um, defensive lineman from Alabama. I like it. I like it. Good, good call there. Um, with 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 the Dolphins team, I feel like they need to grab somebody that can make some movement at the ball. They got their linemen earlier. I'm going to go Quiddy Pay, Michigan. I was going to do Jalen Phillips to, to do the Miami to Miami, but I felt like I was being too much like the Minnesota Wild, always grabbing Minnesota guys. So I'm going to take Quiddy Pay, uh, Michigan edge rusher at 18. Chris, you're coming in with the WFT. The My Washington number one course in this entire draft is Caleb Farley out of Virginia Tech, so we're going to grab him here at 19, pair him up with William Jackson the third, and we'll move Kendall Fuller to the other Virginia Tech corner inside to a nickel roll. Woohoo! Look, if Farley can stay healthy, man, I, I'm with you. I think he is going to be – he just needs to overcome that, that stereotype that, you know, you, with the injuries, you know. But I, I think you're right, Chris. I think he is that, that guy where he could be that one corner coming off the board. Or should be, I guess I should say. Yeah. Uh, at 20, the Chicago Bears get it. Yeah. Uh, in sake of realism, I think I need to pick Mac Jones here. Uh, <laughs> you know, I don't necessarily think it's the smart idea to do, um, but I think the Bears view themselves as a quarterback away from really contending um, regardless of their other major needs on the offensive line. But um, I, you cannot roll into the season with Andy Dalton as your starting quarterback. I know Matt Jones isn't as flashy as the other guys, but he's, he's better than Andy Dalton. So, 
Mac Jones, who could be number three, falls to 20. This, this is why I said, guys, this is the most chaotic NFL draft. You know, Chris mentioned he did a seven-round mock. That was one of the most accurate ones he's ever done last year. And this year, it's like, let's just take our papers and just throw them in the air because, you know, we don't know what's going to – I love it. I cannot much. wait. I, I, I told everyone at my, my, uh, my job tomorrow, I'm leaving at 530. Don't call me unless the store burns down. And if the store burns down – to just come get my keys and I'll give them to you to fix it because I'm not doing anything. So leave me the, the expletive alone tomorrow. But that's, that's better here nor there. Uh, Indianapolis Colts at 21. Hagberg, you're back on the board, sir. Yeah, I was thinking um, last minute or two, I was thinking about uh, offensive linemen for the Colts. That, you know, that kind of seems to be the most obvious need. But I think with the depth of offensive linemen in this draft, um, I think they're going to go with uh, who you were thinking about with your last pick and uh, Jalen Phillips from Miami. Ooh, nice. Get him a nice little edge rusher. Could, could it be the next Dwight Freeney? Could it be? I don't know. See what he could do here. This means I'm up at 22 with the Tennessee Titans. This is an interesting spot because I feel like they could use a corner, but a lot of the corners are gone. You're not going to reach – I don't think you're reaching for Eric Stoltz. I don't think you're reaching for a guy like Kelvin Joseph from Kentucky. You know, Asante Sam, you're not going for. You got a lot of depth there at the second. I think we're going to go wide receiver here, and this is going to be the homer pick, but so be it. I don't care. I'm going to go Minnesota Golden Gopher wide receiver Rashad Bateman to the Tennessee Titans. Fantastic pick. Fantastic pick. Thank you. That's what I'm talking about. Where's the – I thought I had one of those, like, burr, burr, burr buttons, but I guess... Here, I'll just play the Larry Tunsil sound clip. In, in honor of our mock, where Larry Tunsil got drafted seven times the last time we did this, and, and I've just not done it since, because I said, I don't trust nobody. <laughs> uh, Chris, coming in at 23 with the J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets. What are they doing? What? Humphrey never allowed a sack at Oklahoma, so we're going to take him here to make sure Zach Wilson gets the best protection possible. Who who are you grabbing? Sorry, say more time. Reed Humphrey, Oklahoma. Uh, all right, giving giving some protection there to to Zach Wilson. All right, coming in at twenty four. Yeah, where are we going with the Steelers? I think this is a this this is a steal for the Steelers here. This guy has played interior, he's played on the outside, um, he has experience all over the offensive line and he dominated in the Pac twelve. Um, you know, he's played against Kayvon Thibodeau, who's gonna be a top five pick next year, and he really held his own against him. I know some people might not say he did, but he definitely did, and that is Elijah Veritucker. Uh with hey. the, um retirement of their starting center Pouncey. Um, I know he probably hasn't had necessarily a lot of experience at center, but he's had experience on the interior and he knows how to, he knows how to play offensive line. I th- you know, I, I ultimately, I'm in the, I'm in the realistic mindset that Rashawn Slater is not going to be there at 14 for the Vikings. I doubt Darisau is. I guess you never know though, like we said, but I've, I've slowly fallen in love with Elijah Vera Tucker. And I think that's he's a tremendous stud. pick. Yeah. I think he's very underrated and I know, you know, we talked a lot that you could get him a little bit later, but potentially. But I think even over the last couple of weeks since we last spoke, 
he's upped his grade a little bit, and, and, and people are seeing his smarts and just a lot of what he can do on the inside. And I think – and I just – I really like Vera Tucker, man. I think it's a great pick for Pittsburgh, even though I hate Pittsburgh. But, damn it, that was a good pick. And I, I will, I will yeah, prop I think, you I back for my – Appreciate it. My, I think 14 my, to 20 is his range. So, I think getting that 24 is a, a nice one. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm prospect, that is my return on the Bateman. Uh, we're going to come back. Hagberg, you get to do Jacksonville again. I've had one guy mocked here the entire month of doing mocks. Do you see it the same way I do? What do you got, Hagberg? Uh, I I'm, 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 probably see it a little bit differently here. Um, so Jacksonville, I mean, they have obviously a lot of different directions they can go here. Um, I think – Looking at this draft class, I think I think the safeties in general, I think it's there's a consensus that it's not the strongest class in terms of that position. Um, but nonetheless, I think what Jacksonville will do here is they're going to take um, – Oh, TCU? Yes, yeah. Trayvon Barry, Trayvon, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's go! I, I've had – the one pick that hasn't changed in my box has been Trayvon Merrick. Going to the Jaguars at 25, literally the whole month. Let's go. Yeah, wow. I, I, I remember you had that. Luke had that. Chris, where I want to ask you, too, because you're a mock god. Where have you had uh, Mary going, TCU? Have you had him in Jacksonville? 33 Jacksonville. Yeah, everybody, like, that has been the consensus. That's what I'm talking about. Thank you, Nick. You make, you make me not feel like an idiot at times, and I appreciate that. <laughs> on tape. I did have a safety going in the first round, but I gave Richie Grant the nod over Mori because I like his tape better. Okay, okay. And that's fair. Like he's he's got some, he's got some good wheels on him too. Um I I don't I don't I don't see where it couldn't. I just I don't know what it is. I, I thought he did so well at TCU and I thought he just seemed to fit that scheme with Jacksonville. But man, he he got me hyped that you went with him. <laughs> um Coming in at 26, I have the Cleveland Browns, and I have a small amount of riches here that I did not expect that I was going to have. And I don't know, like, a part of me, you know, you could take an edge rusher, Aziz Ojolari, Joe Tryon, but you, you just brought in Jadavion Clowney, so you don't necessarily need that. You could protect... Uh, you could protect Baker Mayfield with uh, Alex Leatherwood, but I'm going to go a little bit different than what probably most are going to say, and I'm going to go linebacker Jamin Davis from Kentucky right here for the Browns. player I actually had going to Cleveland in my box at 26. I had him going, but I changed the pick last minute because um, – I had to put Mac Jones in the first round of my mock, which led to Jimmy Davis falling to Denver at 40. But I had that exact kick in my mock until today. It, it, you know, it's one of those things, too, where it's not like 100% their biggest need, but he's such a quality talent that it's almost like why not add to what you're trying to build? And that's why I went Jamin Davis. And that's why I can see why you probably had him there, too, Chris. Yeah, because he had a be- he's faster and better in coverage than both Anthony Walker and um, Mac Wilson, who 
both ran four eight four six or four eight forties. You're just—I just think he's an upgrade. It's not only I, the fact that he's faster. I just think he's a pure upgrade on film. Yeah, I think he's a better player. I, I mean, I think that's the easiest way to yeah. put it: better player. Uh, Twenty-seven. You got the Baltimore Ravens, which you're going to get twice, by the way. I just realized. What do you got? Twenty-seven Baltimore. All right, so Baltimore um, is Aziz Ujari out of Georgia still on the board? He is still he on is. the board, sir. Okay, that's the pick because I have him as my number two defensive player behind Parsons. But the Patriots took a Zoom call with Zayvon Collins, which is what I why I took David at fifteen. But I'm not taking Aziz Ujari here. I'm willing to look past the medicals and the injuries because I just think he is the best edge rusher in this draft. I like him more than Quinn Pay. That should be enough of a reason to draft him, just the way he mauled and abused Leatherwood on film. He's the pick here, Aziz Ujari, Georgia. Yeah, I, I mean, and, and, you know, you mentioned how he ate Alex Leatherwood. I think, in general, the way he was eaten up in that SEC is just a, a testament to what he can do. I think that's a fantastic pick. And if Baltimore gets him, they got to be going in their war room excited as hell, Chris. Uh, 28, Garrett, where are you at with the Saints? Second to last pick. Yeah, the Saints um, are in a situation where they had to dump a lot of players this offseason, and um, they really just need talent. Um, and I'm looking on the defensive side of the ball in the secondary. I'm drawn to cornerback. They really only have Marshawn Lattimore there. Currently, their number two corner is actually a safety in C.J. Gardner-Johnson. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to go ahead and grab them Eric Stokes from Georgia. That's why I have the Saints at 28. Good pick. Good pick. Thank you. Back-to-back Georgia kids coming in on the defense. And Nicholas Hagberg, my God, you got stuck with the uh, the scarlet letter. You get the pick for the goddamn Green Bay Packers. I am sorry, sir. <laughs> yeah, yeah definitely right about that. Um, but, <laughs> but, um, well, thank you guys. Just to be fair, but, we're from Minnesota, so we can say that because they gave yeah. True, yeah. If listeners uh, don't understand the context of it, but uh, but yeah, so so it's been so this so this is kind of another one that I was thinking about. Uh, even though it's been 19 years since um, the Green Bay Packers selected a wide receiver in the first round, that being um, Javon Walker in 2002, <laughs> um, I think. Uh, I think the Packers are going to go with um, – I, I really like Bateman. You actually kind of stole that one. I had that one in mind. Um, I, you know, Bay at 29. I, my, my first two mocks, I had Bateman at 29. And then I was like, ick, I can't let Bateman go there. So even if I'm wrong, I'm not going to do it. That's literally right. why I changed it. I just couldn't see him in that piss-colored jersey, green. And I don't think Bateman makes it past 26 to the Browns. I think if the Browns are there and he's on the board, they snag him. Yeah, and, and that's – you know, I'm glad you said that, Garrett, not to cut you off, Nick, with your pick, but I think people are sleeping on Rashad Bateman, man. Like, so I know we got so to watch good. a lot more because, you know, we're in Minnesota. We see Big Ten football all the time. But that dude has got hands. He can run a route. He's got speed behind him. And when you watch the way he interacts with a cornerback, when – you know, every quarterback and wide receiver are gonna are gonna throw a pass interference against each other almost every play. It's just how it goes. It's 
it's like an NBA foul. You just got to pick and choose when you do it. I, I implore people who are listening to this who only really watch Rashad Bateman's 2020 tape to go watch his 2019 tape because, oh, my gosh. It's, it's so impressive. Good. The way he maneuvers his arms and his body to, out, to outplay those defensive backs is the reason he made those catches. It wasn't – he wasn't yeah, always jumping out the stadium over him, but he has – like. He has that that number one stat that you'd have in a sports video game that would make your guy OP. He has offensive awareness. He understands what he's doing when the ball is in the air, and people sleep on that. Like, like that's why I'm glad you're you, you're agreeing with me on this, Garrett. Because I just I just I think people are just sleeping on Bateman, man. Yeah, he's he's a stud for sure. Uh, sorry, Nick. Thank sorry you, for interrupting your pick, pick by the way. That was a little bit of a tangent. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah but I'm with Garrett. Like, that, that's our bad. We, we, we kind of went off. <laughs> but yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, no, I um, – yeah, Elijah Moore to the to the Packers. And, um, and just another note, too, I think it's worth um, another kind of interesting um, point is the fact that uh, Ted Thompson – um, or, or Green Bay in general, they they typically in the past have kind of gone with the shorter wide receivers. Um, you kind of like like Randall Cobb, for example, or and you know that, that's kind of their mold. Um, um, that's kind of what they do with wide receivers a lot of the time. And Moore's five foot eight or five foot nine, um, so kind of kind of fits in with what they've done in the past. But I do think it'll be interesting to see what happens with. Um, Aaron Rodgers after this season or after next season, um, you know, with everything going on there. That's a great pick, by the way. Elijah Moore is so good. He yeah, compliments Devontae Adams perfectly. He's going to get swept on. Chris, where yeah. do you have Elijah Moore falling in your draft? I have him falling to the Patriots. Second round? Actually, I had him falling to 96. He might go earlier than oh, that. Shit. I just have a lot I of am confident he goes earlier than that. It's a deeper group. He might go earlier. I mean, some people have him top 50, so, you know. Yeah, he's real. my number five wide receiver. I have him top 30. He's so good. I just feel like people are sleeping on him. I think people yeah. are sleeping on Elijah Moore. And I think they're really sleeping on Rashad Bateman. I really do. Yeah. Um, right. You're right. Yeah, well, yeah, and two, I think, well, and I kind of made the point, too. I mean, obviously, you know, Ted Thompson passed away and, you know, at the beginning of this year. Um, so, it's kind of, so, so I mean, so, so obviously, you know, kind of my past reference about Green Bay taking shorter wide receivers, it might not necessarily apply, um, you know, these days compared to in the past, but, um, but no, I, th- I think he definitely complements Devontae Adams pretty, pretty well with the skill set that he has. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed, agreed. And what's Fantastic. funny about this pick is that they're probably not even going to pick a wide receiver. <laughs> that's the, yeah, you, that's the they never do. They're, they're yeah. going to do something True. dumb. They're going to, they're going to take Jason right. away or something and they're not going to take a corner or an offensive tackle. I feel like, <laughs> yeah, they're going to grab, they're going to grab Landon Dickerson and then wonder why he's hurt every day. <laughs> Whatever, I don't care about the Packers. I hope they suck anyway. Um, At number 30, I'm going to come in here and say I want to thank y'all for gift wrapping me this present. 
<laughs> because at number 30, I'm going to take Alabama running back Najee Harris, hands yeah. down, giving Josh Allen that weapon. My God, let's go. Baltimore, 31. Chris, this is the last pick in a round for you. What you got, sir? Um, I'm going to give the Ravens um, Alex Leatherwood as a right tackle for Alabama. Nice. If he slides that far, that's a fantastic cop for them. Fantastic. And that's, that's why I continue to talk about how deep and good this draft is. Like, there's so many people that we haven't talked about, and there's only one guy left going in this round. Like, there, there's probably 50 people that could be first-rounders this year. I'm telling you, this draft is just off the wall. Um, fantastic pick, Chris. Alex Leatherwood going 31 here. And as we finish our mock draft, what you got, Garrett? Okay, so this pick is one that is near and dear to my heart as I am from Tampa, Florida. I am a Buccaneers <laughs> fan. Um, looking at what's happened in this draft and the 31 picks prior, you've got all the top edge rushers off the board. The next guy is Joe Tryon on this mock draft simulator I'm using. You're looking at the uh, interior defensive linemen. I don't really feel comfortable with any of the next set of guys at 32. So I'm really just looking at who I think is best player available, who can step in when they need him to. Because this team does not need a starter, really. They've said it. This is the first time they've come into a draft without a need. They re-signed they all 22, 22 starters. starters. 22 yeah. returning starters. There's not a That's need. Insane. So I just look at, I'm for this pick, I'm just looking at who is the guy that they can pick up a fifth-year option on that can come in in two years, a year, and contribute be a starter. And to me, oh. that guy is Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa, the linebacker from Notre Dame. Hey. If you if you tell me can land this guy at thirty two with one of the most creative defensive coordinators in the NFL, I would be jumping for joy. This guy is my oh. linebacker one. He's a top fifteen player on my board. Linebacker safety hybrid can carry tight ends all the way up the field. Hits like a truck. This dude is a stud, and I think this is an absolute steal to get him at thirty two. That's that's fantastic. I've I've been having uh, JOK going to the Washington football team at nineteen, so that is a steal. So, I thought I you were gonna. I got, I have I have Tampa taking Kadarius Tony. I thought that's where you were gonna go. Um, Dude, if if they didn't re-sign Antonio Brown this morning, I might have. That's true. That's true. Fantastic pick, guys. This this is a draft once again. I will get this um, I'll get this put out. I got it saved. I'm going to try to get it saved on a link here and I'll put the link out that everybody can, uh, can share it and talk about it if you guys want to. But this was our 32 man first round mock draft. I see Lucas sitting on the line. We're going to get to you in just a moment. Cause I can't wait to talk about Dallas football, but let's run down the line. Nick Hagberg, you got anything you want to talk about? Anything I want to talk about. You got, I mean, you. every time I ask you for plugs, you're like, no, I just do the get to know him on, on no, sportscast. No, no, well, I, no, I don't have any plugs. You, you know, <laughs> I, I, I come on maybe once or twice a year, and, you know, and, you know, whoever, whoever listens to your podcast, they get to enjoy me for a half hour or however long hey, they come excuse, on. Excuse me, we do live radio, baby. We do live radio. Don't discredit yourself. And you're always on. Look, everyone, everyone. You'll get to talk to Nick Hagberg at uh, July 1st, uh, NBA free agency, when we have like 19 NBA teams on. Hagberg's always on with me. You'll get to talk to Nick uh, coming up here in a little bit. 
Nick, thank you for coming on last minute, man. I appreciate it. Uh, you have some great insights like having you. Um, going down the next slide, I'm glad you had fun with it. Chris Ransom, plug everything you got, baby, because you know I'm going to send you a message coming up about that NHL draft in a couple months. But send everything you got for our listeners right now, sir. Um, yeah, this is a draft utopia. You can follow me on Twitter at draft utopia. I actually did post my first NHL mock a while ago and I have Owen power going to the Seattle Kraken and I do have some NHL draft news. They've reduced the lottery number from three teams to two teams for the 2021 NHL draft lottery. We don't know when that's going to be yet, but only two teams are going to be eligible to move up in the lottery. So Buffalo, the worst they can drop is from one to third. That's interesting to see how it goes. We'll see. Uh, we'll see who can who can get Owen Powers. Fantastic. And as always, Garrett. You he's know, we had John a couple weeks power. ago. I got the power. Who's going to get the power? <laughs> <laughs> hey, maybe the crack can get him. You know, maybe maybe they try to try to help out that new franchise. Um, Garrett, you know, we had John a couple weeks ago, but damn, we had to bring you right back on because we had so much fun, and I wanted to I wanted to chat again. Plug everything you got again yeah. before we get there. Yeah, I'm just going to plug my Twitter real quick, at NFL Ballard, B-A-L-L-A-R-D. I'm pretty much talking ball all the time. I do my – I write at work with the first pick and blue chip scouting. You can find all my work there. Um, it was a great time mock drafting with you all, and I'm happy you all uh, reached out to me to come back on. Oh, man, it was fantastic. I appreciate everyone of you all coming on. Thank you all once again for coming on here. And as we always like to say – Cut that bitch off! Let's move right into it. Lucas – my God, are you with us, sir? Yeah, how's it going? Whoo! I'm I'm doing peachy. I think that's what the kids say, peachy keen. I apologize for the delay. I get you on here. We had our first round mock draft that came about about six o'clock tonight when we realized we had to audible the show. So it was a, yeah. a complete change of everything. But damn it, it went pretty good, and I had a lot of fun mock drafting here because as as I've been saying, and I'm gonna get your your feeling right off the bat with this one. Is this not feel like the most like confusing slash I could make thirty mock drafts and be wrong on all of them? Intriguing draft we've had in years. Yeah, it does seem like one of those because you're looking and Dallas is picking at number ten, and I'm I'm even looking trying to make mock drafts for Dallas. What are they going to do? And there's so many different variables because, you know, we're talking about whether we're going to go with Patrick Satane or J.C. Horn or all these different moving pieces. And it all depends on what the first top nine teams are doing. And that just goes to show you how stacked this draft is, how many top elite talents there are. You know, there's a lot of talk about, you know, tight end Kyle Pitts. Where is he going to go? Is he going to fall down to 10? Is You know, if he falls down to 10, is Dallas going to pass up on him? Or what's going to go on? So that just shows you how crazy this draft is this year. It's unbelievable. You know, speaking about Kyle Pitts, I think that's one thing I want to get right into. You know, a lot of people have Kyle Pitts going number four to Atlanta. Today in our mock draft, um, you know, he he went number four. I I pushed out and had him go number four in my mock draft 4.0 that I'm going to unveil after we're done talking. Do the Cowboys have the capital, the desire, especially Jerry Jones doing Zoom calls? Are you guys really feeling like you got a shot to move up and take Kyle Pitts, or do you really want it? Honestly, I think, 
trading up to get him, I don't think that's something the Dallas Cowboys should do. I think, obviously, Jerry Jones, you know, he likes to stir the pot a bit. So he's going to, you know, get everyone thinking. But I think he's going to sit back. He's going to stay at number 10. If by chance somehow he ends up falling, you know, down to number 10, you can't pass up on a talent like that, right? Generational talent. Even though Dallas does have two capable starters at tight end and Schultz, and, you know, like, you can't pass up on a talent like that coming out of Florida. Unbelievable guy. Like, you're talking about the next best tight end. And you've seen how good tight ends play in the NFL if they're really good. Look at, you know, the top tight ends in the league. Kittle is blowing up the league right now. Kelsey's blowing up the league. You can't pass on a tight end like that. So, I don't, really. see, I don't see Dallas trading up for it. But if he falls down, Dallas has to take him. And, and that's one of those things where I don't think I don't think Pitts gets past six if it happens. Um, you know, you, yeah. you mentioned too with with Dallas. I mean, obviously you mentioned Dalton Schultz. You guys got Blake Jarwin too sitting there. Um, so you guys have weapons, but you know, you brought up exactly Travis Kelsey last year led the NFL in, in receiving as a tight end. Yeah, there is ways to use your tight end to become a star receiver, and it's just. The more and more I listen to Jerry Jones is, you know, extremely excited for Kyle Pitts and he's having private Zoom calls with them. I just, a part of me goes, man, if Atlanta really doesn't care about a quarterback, because I think deep down there's a small chance that Atlanta's going to take Trey Lance at four if the Niners take Mac Jones. And I could be crazy, yeah. which then to me just says the Dolphins are going to take, um, uh, uh, pits at six, which is a no-brainer. So that's why I don't think it's best Dolphins or the Lions. Even, you know, the Lions, I've heard, want nothing but a wide receiver. Jalen Waddle probably goes there. But I don't think Pitts goes past six. That, to me, is what makes me say, you know, how much does, does Jerry Jones truly want this guy? And I know he wants to get Dak Prescott weapons. Um, if Dallas came to an agreement with Atlanta – where they gave him the number 10, they gave him their next year first, and they gave him a second this year, and they move up to get Kyle Pitts. Is that too much? I think, okay, this is, I think it's too much for one reason and one reason only, because the Dallas Cowboys already have numerous weapons. We yeah. have, our offense is already, if not one of the best, the best in the league. So, yeah, it's great to have that generational talent that will happen for four years and then plus the fifth-year option. But at the same time, we have the need at defense is so desperate to the point where it's like, are you really willing to give up that much more capital to try and get that tight end? And as much as a generational talent as we all think he's going to be, hey, I mean, Jeff Okuda went number, number four last year, and what happened to him? So yeah, that's a good much point. As so much hype. I suppose there's so much hype, nothing's really guaranteed. So are you willing to give up all those draft picks on top of taking that risk at tight ends? It, it, it's too questionable of a move to me. I, it, it doesn't make sense to move up to number four. That's, a, you know, the, 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 the Okuda comparison is a good, a good, good take with that. And, and I agree with that. That's, that's kind of why I don't, I just, I don't feel like Dallas, I, I'm not saying Dallas doesn't have the need to, but I don't think they really – have to move up to get him. I don't think it's a necessity. I think you need to address the defense on this end. We know what Dak Prescott can do when he's healthy. You gave him CeeDee Lamb. He's got Amari Cooper. He's got his weapons. 
you know, we, we just talked about the two tight ends he has. I think it all falls down to that defense and the way I have it going. And I'm curious your thought here, if I'm right or wrong, is number 10 is going to be Patrick Sertan the second from Alabama. Am I right, wrong, crazy, what? If he's on the board, he is going to have that star in his helmet. He is going to go to the Dallas Cowboys if he falls down to 10. He has to. There's no way he doesn't. He's the perfect fit. He's the best. He's the most well-rounded cornerback in the draft. Yeah, you have J.C. Horn up there as a man-to-man guy, and he's better at press, and he may be a little bit more athletic. But you're looking at Patrick Sertan as the more well-rounded guy, the guy you can do more with. And, you know, we got uh, Trevon Diggs, who played with Patrick Sertan back in Alabama. So the guy mm-hmm. is already there. Too many ties for them not to go Patrick Sertan. It just doesn't make sense to pass up on him. Yeah, that's a fantastic cop, too, you know, talking about Trayvon Diggs. Because, you know, I'm I'm not too, you know, I'm not, I'm not too worried about C.J. Goodwin doing, a you know, a, a giant number to really even challenge at that position. Keanu Neal, I think, is a nice fit at free safety coming from Atlanta. So, you know, I think you've got that kind of set where you have that third man back there. But I love the Trayvon Diggs. They took him second round last year. And, and it's a guy that he gets to put something with Sertan that I don't think people give enough chemistry to. And, tell, you know, and, and I'm even wrong with this, Lucas, but you're, you're building chemistry with a guy who he's already played with. So in that aspect, he knows where Diggs is going to be. He knows where Diggs is going to move where, you know, if they get bundled together or if a team's running four slants, they know where the other may potentially try to run. And I don't think that's something you could teach. And I think that's almost why you've got to grab Sertan to go with Diggs. Exactly. And you said it there. Like, how long does it take for cornerbacks to really get used to each other? And especially if, we have something, I mean, I doubt it's going to happen, but last offseason, there was barely even an offseason, right? Everything was mm-hmm. virtual. No one got onto the field. And you saw what happened to the Dallas Cowboys last season. Everyone was just running by them. You get someone like Patrick Sutan in there who's already got the chemistry with Trevon Diggs, and you have a lot less worries about it. And it just goes to, like you said, the chemistry is already there, so you have less to work on to get forward and move forward from there. And they're going to be better starting off the gate, starting out of the gate. So. Is there anybody else you'd rather have than Sertan at ten? If you had your, if you had number one pick, is there anything you'd rather take than him? Other than Patrick Sertan, the only other guy I, I would look at if he was available is maybe Rashawn Slater. Rashawn Slater, the is Slater very camp over Sewell. Do you like Slater over Sewell? Sewell, I okay. This is the thing. I, if if Sewell and Slater are both on the board, I would almost rather the Dallas Cowboys to trade down a pick or two or even three and pick whoever's left. The, this is the reason why. Sewell will likely be the guy going ahead because he's the more, you know, he's the more secure, he, he's the more secure pick. There's more hype around him. Everyone's going to go for Sewell ahead. But the Dallas Cowboys have Leo Collins at right tackle. They have Tyvon Smith at left tackle. Both of them are locked up long term. The only way Dallas would go for someone like Sewell is if they don't see Tyron Smith playing long-term if the injuries are creeping up. Other than that, Sewell should not be going to the Dallas Cowboys. That's why I get a guy like Slater who can move to left guard, replace Connor Williams, and his contract's actually ending this season, so you have him plug in. The latest latest that Slater will be going in as the go-to starter at left guard would be next season. Sewell, you might have to wait until Tyron Smith retires or it gets cut or something's going to have to go and it's going to make things a lot more complicated. 
So at that okay. point, get some draft capital and get Slater. So, so you're thinking if you can do it, you're running Tyron Smith, Connor Williams is gone, you're putting Slater there, then you're running Zach Martin, Leo Collins. That's – I don't hate that. I really don't hate that. And, and that's – I'm going to say this too. You have given me, on all the people that we've had on Sportscast Radio here over the weeks, that is the most logical reason of why you would take uh, Slater over Penny Sewell. It's a flat-out yeah. best reason. And I think you're right, too, because if you grab Penny Sewell, everyone's going to expect him to go, all right, Tyron Smith, you know, it's been 10 years. Get him out of here. We have the next year. And I get it. Look, like, I mean, you look at, you look at Notre Dame. The last – it was some, something like the last, like, 84 quarters or something that – maybe not even 84 – it wasn't even that. I can't remember. It was something like – 84 snaps or it was some crazy number. No, I think it was the last eight games of Penny Sewell's career. His quarterback didn't even have a quarterback rush. It was some crazy number like that. So like, yeah, he's going to come with so much hype that I think you're right that they're going to, the fan base is going to boot Tyron Smith out of there. And if he's still playing well, look, 10 years, I mean, Joe Thomas played well past that and he was on the Browns getting no love exactly you know tyron smith's got help zach you know zach martin's three years younger Leo collins is four years younger you know you you got connor williams where even if you do play him you know he's a three-year draft pick and and uh your center was last year hell yeah i think that's a fantastic call with slater over sewell man that's a, that's a great take yeah just again like with williams gone you don't have to worry about repaying williams you save cap space you know, and even though the cap's supposed to bounce up, you know what Jerry Jones likes to save up on the money. Save up that money and spend it on the defense. Even if we don't go certain at number 10 and we go Slater, it's investing in the future. One, we don't have to pay Williams and we got a replacement there. Two, you can even look at, a, look at it like this. Let's say down the road, you know, let's say next season, Tyron Smith, he's still, his back is still bothering him. He wants to retire. Slater could move to, Slater could move to tackle. Yep. You got another option right there. Yeah, I, I, and I'll say this too is, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, our show is based out of Minnesota, so I'm obviously a Vikings homer, which you probably heard when we were trashing the, the, the Packers when you were in the, uh, the, the, the lobby <laughs> before here. But, yes. I, you know, I, my, my mock draft that I'm going to drop after our conversation, I have Rashawn Slater falling to 14 to the Vikings, and I couldn't be happier. And I had somebody wow. I talked to earlier. Yeah, it, it blew, like, it was one of those things where, like, you know, you make you make a pick, you make a pick, then you make a pick, then you make a pick, and as you're starting to go through, you start going, "Oh my God, this guy's still there," you know. And yeah. part of it is because I, you know, I spoke to a guy from the Chargers who said they're very high on Elijah Vera Tucker because he can play guard and tackle, and it's a hometown kid with USC, which was kind of where it fell to it, you know. And you know, I. I I could be crazy. I talked to some people from, from the local local area, and there's certain ways it could fall to it, and I think it could happen. But I looked at it and said, man, you know, I would love Penny Sewell. I still think, I still think there's a smokescreen that the Niners of all teams aren't going to take Mac Jones. And the reason they moved up to three is because they really want to take a Jamar Chase or a Penny Sewell, and they just don't want to tell anybody. Because I still think moving up you to Mac Jones – Stupid! I like if you're Kyle Shanahan, why the hell do you have to move up to tw- uh, to three to take Mac Jones? 
Our mock draft we just had had him falling twenty to the Bears. I know, but I don't know. See, I'm I'm, I'm looking at it like this. I I, I don't think that they're going to take Mac Jones. Mac Jones doesn't make sense to me at number three. I don't think they would trade up for Mac Jones. He could have easily fell. I'm looking at if they really want to go ahead and draft at number three, you you know that they're going to go quarterback. I'm looking at more. I'm looking at more Trey Lance or Justin Fields, one or the other, not Matt Jones, one or the other. If they want someone that's more mobile, they're going to go Justin Fields. That'll give Shanahan more options to move around. And I'm with you. I think Justin Fields is the second best player in this draft behind Trevor Lawrence. I don't know why people yeah. are sleeping on Justin Fields suddenly. But I tell you what, if Mac Jones goes three, you know, the Niners are idiots. There's no, you could have stayed at 12 and probably got him. So it's just it, yeah, that's the, what, the trade up the trade up scenario is really weird, and that's where my my co-host is usually on with me every night. Um, he's like, dude, you know this is Trubisky, Solomon Thomas smokescreen. They're not taking the quarterback <laughs> they said they were. They're they're going to grab Jamar Chase and they're going to replace Emmanuel Sanders, and they're not going to listen to these fans who go, well, Jimmy Garoppolo was one pass away from winning the Super Bowl. No, you idiots. He threw a 60-yard pass getting knocked over, and it didn't count. You know, big deal. You should respect <laughs> that and be happy you have that as your quarterback. It's kind of like, as, yeah. as a Vikings fan, I get so much grief from our fan base that everyone hates Kirk Cousins when they don't realize that <laughs> our starting right guard is flipping Dakota, Dizer, Dakota Dozier. Like, our quarterback yeah. is playing recess football going 1B, 2B, 3B, and he has to throw the ball. You know, you have yeah. to observe your talent the way it's supposed to be observed. And that's why I'm in love with a tackle for the Vikings. But that's why in a weird spot, I look at the Niners as they're not showing their cards and they're going to take something differently. And that's where I could see a chase or a penny school for some crazy reason. Even with Trent Williams, you know, something wild happens. And that's what shakes up this whole draft. But it still bottlenecks down to the whole end that, you know, Patrick Sertan, I just, I can't mock him anywhere else than the Cowboys. Like, I, I mocked J.C. Horn to the Panthers in, in my 3.0 last week over Sertan because I was so hell-bent that Sertan goes 10. It was almost like I said, he's going here, and if, if they want another position, they have no option to take him because they have to take this guy. Yeah. Yeah, you're exactly right. There's like, there's no better spot for Sertan, and there's no better guy for the Dallas Cowboys than each other. Like, they, they're a perfect match for each other. And like you said, the Niners, whatever they do, if you think they're going to do shakeup, which I personally, I don't think they're going to do that much of a shakeup. And you're probably right. Um, like, to be fair, you're probably right, and I'm probably wrong. But it's just with how weird and goofy this draft is. Like, I can't. Like, I, like, I just can't. I don't know. I don't know. It's so weird. And, and with, with Carolina trading Bridgewater to Denver today, it just changed everything. Because now it's like, okay, is Carolina taking a quarterback? That's part of the reason I have Slater at 14 to the Vikings. I mean, I don't know. You, you, like, yeah, they traded Bridgewater, but you know what? Maybe they want to protect Darnold. Maybe, maybe, they're, maybe they're more set on him. They traded for him. Yep. They paid the dollar. They're going to stick it in. You don't think so? Well, so, so I'll say this to you, and obviously, you know, you're coming on representing Landry, you're, you're Dallas, but my God, if we're going to talk the rest of the draft, I'm not going to say no. <laughs> I will be all there with you. Bro. <laughs> um, but, but 
when was the last time you've seen a team trade for a young quarterback and not pick up their option? I know, but then again, look what team it came from. They didn't pick up the, they didn't pick up Darnold's option. I know, but they and they want to that see rule, what they can get from him this season. Look! Look what that look! Look what look what the quarterback coach did that they brought in that that rule brought into Carolina. What he did with with Joe Burrow, he made him a, the number one pick in one year. Who's to say yeah. he can't do that with Trey Lance? Who's to say he can't do it with Donald? Yeah, that's true. And that's yeah, that's no. what I love about this. Like that's why the strategy <laughs> got me so goddamn nuts. Like I'm like ah, I just can't. I I don't I like. I, I, I told people that are that are close to me, don't effing bother me come six o'clock tomorrow. Leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm so excited. Yeah, get the popcorn, get going. Oh, oh my god. Because literally after Zach Wilson, you have no flipping idea what could happen from three to thirty two. And and on top of it, I bet you you could mock up a second round that has talent that almost by pick 64 you could find a way to mock into the first round like i think there is over 50 players that have first round talent yeah for sure i can i completely agree with you and i'm even looking at you know i did a lot of research on a lot of the cornerbacks obviously because you know dallas is in desperate need of them and you know you look at someone like asante samuel jr from florida state who's an amazing cornerback prospect and, like, there's a lot more other guys down there. Javon Holland, he's another really, really good prospect that any team would die for. And you just look down the line. These guys could have easily been first-rounders if it weren't for, you know, you got a Patrick Sertan, you got a J.C. Horn, a you know, crazy freak. They could have easily been first-rounders if it wasn't such a loaded draft this year. Like it's it's just it's crazy thinking about where some of these people could pay. You know, I'm I'm – I was looking at um, my mock that we did right before we, we started talking to you. And yeah. um, I'm, I'm going to pull it up because I'm trying to remember who the hell it was. Um, it was near the end. Um, it might have been Elijah Moore. Like, call me crazy, but it might have been Elijah Moore. But uh, yeah. one, one of my guys had Elijah Moore going. 29th to Green Bay, and one of the other writers had a mock at like in like number 90. Oh my god! Like there is just so much uncertainty in this draft that it just blows my mind, and I can't wait. Like I truly can't wait. Exactly, and you know what? I guess it's a great thing because you have people like us freaking out trying to figure out what it is that they're doing. (laughs) It's entertaining. It's amazing. (laughs) Yep, exactly. So, so I got to ask you once again: Number ten is is Sertan what you want? Like, if you had that pick, if you're going, I get what I want. I'm taking Sertan. Yeah, Patrick Sertan is that guy at number ten. There's no doubt about it. What are you trying to do in the second and third? What are you trying to do as you as, as we move into later rounds? What do you guys need? Well, if okay, if by chance we can't land Sertan or if he's gone foreign in the first, then you know we're going to have to go second round cornerback. If not, if we do land one of them, then you're looking more at a defensive end, maybe like a Gregory Rousseau. He would be a nice pickoff. 
played amazing in 2019. Um, or a lot of people were talking about even safety, even though we got Casey, um, you know, back there now. Maybe mm-hmm. Richie Grant could be an option up there too. Um, and even like later, later on in the third round, you got Paulson Adebo who played amazing in 2019. And even then they were talking about him possibly being a first rounder way back when, and now he's dropping down to the third round. You got, we, what do you, sir, this is it. What, what do you feel sure. about, a, uh, about, a, about a guy in the second round, like Nick Bolton from Missouri linebacker? You see, I'm not too big on a, on a linebacker early unless it's a steal, just because I know the Dallas Cowboys have two very good linebackers in Leighton Vandersh and Jalen Smith. That's on top fair. Of Keanu Neal's linebacker. I, I, I figure and I just I, asked because of Sean Lee, you know, obviously. Yeah, and like Sean Lee, without a doubt, he's going to he's going to leave a hole in the linebacker course. But I think that Neal kind of eases that, and at the same time, people need to relax when it comes to Jalen Smith. Because I understand, like, sure, he had 140 tackles, and that, that's, that's, that's a good number to have. But watching tape, he looked lost. And a lot of people, you know, they boasted they him for that. They put him on the flames for that. But when you look at him play, it was mainly because of, you know, the, the way that the defense was set up. It was all by Mike Nolan, and I expect him to bounce back. So if you look back to when we had Lane Vander Esch and Jalen Smith together, they were arguably one of the top linebacker duels in the league. So if those two can come mm-hmm. back, and you truly believe that they will come back like I think they will, why would you spend a second rounder on a linebacker that you're going to have to sit back? That's just a wasted pick at that point. You have a lot of other yep. things that you need to address along the defensive line. That's fair. Another guy that people have, have asked me about, um, especially with, with Dallas because of the secondary, was the Darius Washington uh, from TCU. Yeah, Washington, he would, he would be a solid pick, too. Um, again, if, if, if the Cowboys believe that Washington will give them what they're missing, if they think that he's going to step in and, you know, he's going to compete for, you know, a spot beside Casey over, uh, over uh, Wilson, over Donovan Wilson, then, yeah, by all means, go ahead and take him. Or even if you want to use him as, uh, as more of, like, a long-term project, by all means, go ahead and take him. But as far as a need, safety isn't necessarily um, the position that I would go as of right now. Now, if we were talking before the Casey signing and if we were talking before the Neil signing, oh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm all for that. But I think those two signings really shore up the safety position for the Dallas Cowboys. Okay. Two other picks I wanted to ask you about, too, while we were talking about it. Um, going back to linebacker, Baron Browning, Ohio State. Um, thoughts on maybe grabbing him, depending where he's sitting, second and third round. And then also, as we mentioned with the tackles, um, Northern Iowa's Spencer Brown um, is another guy I've seen mocked to the team. What's your thoughts on uh, Browning and uh, Spencer Brown? Um, Spencer Brown would be solid, honestly. I think that if if he falls and I, – I don't know, like – See, he, he, okay, the one thing I like about Spencer Brown is, one, he's, he's ranked as one of the most athletic guys in the draft, according to relative athletic uh, score. He's one of the top guys in the, in the draft. He rated, he rated a 10 out of 10 for athleticism. So that's a huge thing. If we could pick that's him up, nice. he, would, he would be great to sit back behind and learn behind, you know, Tyron Smith and Aleo Collins and learn from them. 
And that would be a huge thing for the Dallas Cowboys in the long run, especially with uh, Smith battling all the injuries. As far as addressing the defensive line, if you can get anyone on the defensive line anywhere between the second and fourth, that's a huge Huge, huge plus because we really desperately need it, especially if you want the Cowboys last season. We need anything along that defensive line. That's not, that, yeah, that, and that, that's kind of what like I, those are kind of the guys that I've seen kind of mocked um, into just you know random spot A and B kind of here and there. Uh, Darius Washington, kind of the big one that I've seen mocked, but it's, yeah. it's an interesting draft. There's there's a lot of things. Dallas is in such an interesting spot where. They they have so many needs, but they really want, you know, a guy like Kyle Pitts that they may not be able to get. Um, what do you want? I want to I want I want to close out with this. What do you want? Number ten pick. Once again, as we kind of said, if everything falls into play, is Sertan the guy you want? The dream come true would to have Kyle Pitts fall down to number ten. That would be the number one thing. The chance of that happening, slip. Not gonna happen. Yeah. The next best yeah. thing would be Slater. After that, it would have to be Sertan. Those are the top three guys that I'm looking at for Dallas at number ten. You know, and you guys got a lot of good opportunities. I think you. I think Dallas is in a good spot too, where they can grab a guy like Patrick Sertan, J.C. Horn, or uh, you know Rashawn Slater, and not have to worry about a lot. I know we talked about how wild this draft is going forward. But Dallas is just kind of sneaking into 10 where they kind of have a little bit of wiggle room. And they're going to get to kind of just take what's left and reap the benefits, and I think that's a good thing. You know, so I'm, ex- I'm excited. Um, Lucas, man, I want to thank you so much for, you know, late, late last minute sending an email. I was, I was uh, messaging Stephen yesterday about it. He had been on with us before. Um, I'm, I'm so grateful you came out with us, man. I really appreciate that. It was so nice to be able to chat some Cowboys football here the day before the draft with just everything going on. Um, plug everything you got for our listeners. Let them know where they can read your stuff, hear your stuff, talk your stuff, get your blood type, find out if you got kids, the whole nine yards, man. <laughs> yeah, no problem. You can reach me on Twitter at Lucas Mash, and I'll post it up with you guys. It's literally just my name. Uh, you know, look at me at the Landry hat. I'm writing there. Um, but yeah, keep up. Thanks for having me on the show. I had a great time, and hey, I'm looking forward to coming on again if you want. Yeah, hell yeah. We um, as, as the summer starts rolling around, we start doing our NFL uh, team previews where we do two to four teams a week, uh, but knock out all the all the teams. So I will. Uh, I'll get back at you, man. I got you on I, on the Twitter, so I'll reach out. And I you know I got the email. So thanks again, man. I really really appreciate you coming out late last minute like this, man. It was awesome. Yeah, no problem, man. Thanks. Take it easy, okay, bud? I have a good one. Lucas Master coming out of here talking LandryHats.com, the Dallas Cowboys, and it is time for that Ryan Cook mock draft 4.0. This is my final mock draft before tomorrow's draft. We got 20 minutes left in the show. Probably ain't going to fill all 20 minutes, but that's okay. That's okay, baby. Appreciate everyone that came on. Chris Wilson, that noise. Garrett Ballard with the first pick. Chris Ransom, Zappytopia. Lewis Mar- uh, Lucas Marchand, Landry Hatt. We had Nick Hagberg. 
<laughs> we appreciate it. Hell of a show. It's been so fun tonight. With that being said, I'm about to hit you with it. Mock Draft 4.0. This is the final mock draft coming out of my mouth for tomorrow night. Let me know if I'm dog shit. Tell me if I'm right. But here we go. This is 4.0. This is my final mock draft. First round picks. Here we go. Number one pick, Jacksonville Jaguars. I have taken Trevor Lawrence, quarterback out of Clemson. A no-brainer, obviously. Number two, I have the New York Jets taking Zach Wilson, quarterback out of BYU. No-brainer. Now we get crazy. At the number three pick, I have the San Francisco 49ers. Well, I don't agree with it. I have them taking Mac Jones, excuse me, Mac Jones, quarterback out of Alabama. Atlanta Falcons at four. I have taken Kyle Pitts, tight end of Florida. And to run at the top five, I have the Cincinnati Bengals taking Penny Sewell, offensive tackle out of Oregon. As we move through six through ten, I have the Miami Dolphins taking Jamar Chase, wide receiver from LSU. Detroit Lions, who I've gotten a lot of positive news and interest that they are going to take a wide receiver. They think that there is a certain receiver who has a top eight grade out of top eight pick grade. They're going to take one in the top seven. Therefore, I put two and two together. Detroit Lions, I have taken Jalen Waddell, wide receiver from Alabama. Because of yesterday's deal and I'm not picking up the Darnold option, I have the Carolina Panthers at number eight taking Trey Lance, quarterback, North Dakota State. Denver Broncos at nine. I have them saying, screw it, let's jump on it. Justin Fields, quarterback, Ohio State. And at number 10, as we talked about with Lucas, Patrick Sertan, the second quarterback from Alabama going number 10. Moving 11 through 15, I have the New York Giants taking the Heisman winner, which I've had mocked here every single week, Devonta Smith, wide receiver from Alabama. Number 12, I have cornerback from South Carolina, J.C. Horn, going to the Philadelphia Eagles. At 13, I have the Los Angeles Chargers taking Elijah Vera Tucker, inside offensive lineman from USC. At number 14, in a dream scenario, I have the Minnesota Vikings taking Rashawn Slater, offensive tackle from Northwestern. And at number 15, I have Micah Parsons, linebacker from Penn State, going to New England. And to close off the first half of the draft, Saban Collins, linebacker from Tulsa, going to the Cardinals at 16. As we get through it, number 17, I have offensive tackle for uh, Virginia Tech's own Christian Derisau going to the Raiders at 17. Miami taking Jalen Phillips, edge rusher from Miami at 18. Jeremiah Owusu-Koromo, linebacker from Notre Dame, going to Washington. JOK going to the football team. And I have the Bears taking Alex Leatherwood, offensive tackle from Alabama at 20. 21, I have Christian Bearmore, inside defensive lineman from Alabama, going to the Colts. I have the Titans taking Rashad Bateman, wide receiver from the Minnesota Golden Gophers at 22. Quiddy Pay at 23, edge rusher from Michigan going to the New York Jets. At 24, I have Najee Harris, uh, running back from Alabama going to the Steelers. 25, I have Trayvon Merrig, safety from TCU going to the Jags. 26, Greg Newsom, the second. Cornerback from Northwestern going to the Cleveland Browns. 
27, I have the Baltimore Ravens taking edge rusher from Georgia, Aziz Ojalary. 28, I have the New Orleans Saints grabbing Caleb Fairley, who falls all the way to 28, quarterback Virginia Tech. I might be crazy with that one, but we'll see what happens. 29, I have Green Bay grabbing a skill position guy, as Hagberg says, for the first time since 2001 or 2002 with Javon Walker. Uh, Elias Moore, wide receiver from Ole Miss going to Green Bay. I have the Bills at 30, grabbing running back Travis ATN from Clemson. Ravens at 31, taking Oklahoma State offensive tackle Kevin Jenkins. And rounding out the first round, Kadarius Toney, wide receiver from Florida, going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I want to thank everybody who listened tonight, who came on with us. Chris Wilson, Lucas Masherin, Garrett Ballard, Nick Hagberg, Chris Ransom, Appreciate everybody who joined us this fine evening. We're going to close this out tomorrow night, the NFL draft. We might come back to you live during it. I might come back on Twitch. We'll see what happens. I don't know what we're going to do, but I'm so excited for the draft tomorrow. I want to thank everybody who came out and listened to me rant with everybody. Hope you all had a good evening. Sorry we're going to end a couple minutes early, but it is what it is. We are out of this piece. Sportscast Radio. Peace out.